0: Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore data. So, the general goal for today is to expand on what we did yesterday. So, yesterday the question was, where is the Packers roster at? We know where the team is at. The team is in the trash. But is that because we don't have any pieces on our squad? Or is that, you know, what, what what's the situation? And the conclusion was, I mean, I... I guess the conclusion was we're, we're just a couple pieces away. Even that is sort of iffy because, you know, a lot of teams with a lot of deficiencies can make it work. I think the Packers could make it work under certain circumstances, but we're going to go with, there are some pretty crucial pieces that I do think either need to be developed or added to our team, whether that's to the draft or free agency. So what's the natural next step? Let's go get those guys. So what I want to do today, because as always, I don't know how long certain things are going to take, is I want to start with the draft and work from there. I know that's technically backwards. Free agency technically is first and then the draft, but I want to kind of reverse engineer it because before we even start looking at free agents, I kind of want to know what the pool of draft prospects looks like. Um, But also I need to understand sort of our roster, so in other words, there's a certain number of different situations number one is we've got positions that are basically set number two we have positions that uh, need help but then that's split into two categories we have positions that need help like outside linebacker where you just don't have any anybody or safety we don't have anybody we have to bring somebody from the outside I have no expectations of development from within. then you have positions like corner and wide receiver where we need help but there's a reasonable expectation of development. Then there's another category of we're good, but we need either depth or maybe it's a very thin situation like right tackle where I like Balaga, but we should consider finding a number two. Now, well, I guess we don't need to get into specifics of that, but in other words, that's another situation where maybe we look at depth. So that's sort of the situation we're at. We put every single one of our positions into one of those categories, develop a certain strategy strategy. For that, and then look to the draft first and say, okay, what, you know, wide receiver, where is there a bunch of wide receivers? One of the things that always happens when I do mock drafts, for example, I'll take a guy like Ed Oliver, who is a defensive tackle, if he falls, which seems to be happening a lot more and more. Well, what happens at our second pick? 100,000% of the time, there's going to be a pile of defensive tackles sitting there. Now, they're not Ed Oliver. But it's frustrating because, you know, we, we have a pile of needs and there's nobody there because there's just a pile of like six defensive tackles to pick from. So I really feel like the best move is to either trade out of the spot or to take a defensive tackle, but I just took a defensive tackle. So kind of just understanding the lay of the land that by the end of the first round, there's going to be about four or five defensive tackles that are the top of the board because there's just so many and there's only so many teams that are actually going to even consider taking that. So there's going to be a bottleneck. Not only that, they're all going to start to fall. So guys that are, you know, maybe a good value at 22 are going to be available at 32. Because again, even if people are taking defensive tackles, they're taking the guy who was, you know, a good value at 15 that fell all the way down. You know what I mean? So we're going to be using, as always, NFLBigBoard.com because that's just the best way to do things. Um, And then again, we'll, we'll, we'll... develop our general strategy, kind of looking at the draft, develop a further strategy, and then from there, kind of look at, okay, this situation here might put us in trouble, right? We, we kind of went through it, and we looked at all the scenarios, and we can expect there to be, it's going to be difficult to fix this spot in the draft. The reason I want to know that is because, again, free agency is in March. The draft is a long time after March. Well, It's almost two months. It's technically one, well, it's one month, but it's almost two. March 5th, early March compared to late April. It's almost two months. The point is, I want to know which positions I'm going to have a real hard time fixing if I don't attack it in free agency, so that I can attack it in free agency. Make sense? Okie dokie. Before we get there, patreon.com forward slash back underscore daddy if you'd like to support the podcast. I know you didn't understand me, but it's in the description. Go ahead and click it, find it. Click it or ticket, it, man. That's what I said. There's also some other links, uh, PayPal, Venmo. This, by the way, I believe is episode 298. So once again, if you have not yet gotten involved uh, with Patreon or whatever and you'd like to support the podcast, what I'm asking is $3 for the 300th anniversary which is not exactly how that works. It's the third anniversary, which also is not how that works, but it's what I'm going to say because, you know, every 100th episode is a milestone. I could just call it a milestone, but I I feel the need to call it an anniversary, even though I understand what anniversary means and that's not what it means. But again, my show, my rules, even if that means altering reality. Moving on. Packernet.com forward slash pack underscore daddy nope god why is why is this happening packernet.com no forward slash anything just hit enter and it'll take you right there for those that don't know it is a news aggregator if you don't know what that means it means packernet.com basically is just a gigantic packers news feed not just for news articles but audio um video and articles those are the three things that we have but everything you could ever want and need as far as your Packers news fix, every single day before the podcast, I go check it. Just make sure I'm not missing anything. Uh, be sure to get in the Packernet Podcast Facebook group. That's the name of it. That's how you'll be able to find it. Link is also in the description. If you check the description, you you can you'll you'll know everything I'm saying right now. Kind of ruins the surprise, but do whatever you want. Not like you care about my feelings or anything. What else? NFLBigBoard.com, which you'll get acquainted with because we'll be spending some time there today. Speaking of, by the way, pretty excited, even though something went wrong and I'm kind of upset and I can't wait to uh, get back to work on it so I can find out what happened. But over the next several days, weeks, months, hopefully really grinding it out before the draft comes so I can get this all done. But we're going to be adding our own, um, our own scouting reports. I formed a partnership with a guy that, uh, just does a massive amount of work. He's given me permission to use his scouting reports. Um, and just within those scouting reports, I put a link to his original scouting report and a link to his Patreon and all that stuff. A little bit of cross-promotion, but uh, it's it's mutually beneficial. But it's 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 really awesome, extremely thorough. I'll let you know when it actually starts working, because I should have Daniel Jones's thing up. But for some reason, it's still taking me to the draft network. But we'll get it fixed, man. We got a bunch of quarterbacks coming. I'm pretty excited that we got uh, we got scouting reports going up so it's not an external link it's an internal link and boy oh boy do I love those don't worry about it it's just it's it's important but only to me but uh, no no they're they're really good though and've I've been I've been wanting it for a long time but I didn't want to I certainly don't want to do it myself because that's not my lane I'm not going to pretend to be a scout like a lot of other people try to do but uh, this guy I mean this is just it's the amount of work I, I kind of look at it and I'm like dude you should simplify this, because <laughs> you put way too much work into this. But, uh, no, that's awesome, and that's kind of what I'm looking for, is just somebody that I can rely on to really just grind, and this dude just... I like grinders, man. That's my new thing from now on. I'm not working with anybody that isn't just a ridiculous... grinder. I, d- I don't know. What what other word is there? Hard worker is boring. But I'm i am manic, dude. I, I gotta do this 24 hours a day. I can't take a break if if... if If you and I aren't working on this 365, seven days a week, 24-7, this ain't going to work. I don't care if you're taking a vacation. I take vacations too. Guess what I do? I bring my laptop and I work on vacation. You know how many podcasts I've done while on vacation? All of them. (laughs) Every single day on a vacation has been work. So what? Get up a few hours early, do a podcast, and then go to the pool. Whatever. Different strokes, man. It's fine. Not everybody's crazy like me. That's fine. Anyways, I think that's enough. What are we talking about? We're talking about uh, the draft and whatnot, right? Yes, correct. Good. Boom. So um, one of the things that I'm going to do for reference is sort of break down the, um, it's not an exact science because the compensatory picks can change, so exactly which picks are in which round it's not 100%. But I've generally broke down, for example, you know, obviously round one is picks one through 32, round two is 33 through 64, but then you go on, uh, you know, round six, I got 175 through 218, and the reason I've done that is because if you go to NFLBigBoard.com, you can look at, I don't know, let's just scroll down, we've got, uh, go up a little bit, Isaac Nauta, 204, tight end out of Georgia. So, okay, he's ranked 204th, so where would that put him? that puts him roughly end of the sixth round, right? This is a little quick reference guide that I've little kind of built for myself so I get a general understanding of where they're at. The reason I want to do that is because when I break it down by position, I want to know, you know, where are the bulk of these guys, right? Okay, we need a wide receiver. I don't necessarily want him in the first round. Where can I get him sort of mid-round? Well, there's a pile like in the third round or whatever, right? I, I kind of want that little bit of a reference, So, for example, I I have a list of wide receivers here. It's actually pretty evenly distributed. So, first round wide receivers at this particular point in time, and this has been a massive departure from the norm because this this was not the case not too long ago, but there are currently five wide receivers that I have listed in the first round, four in the second, four in the third, five in the fourth, five in the fifth, two in the sixth, and then seven wide receivers in the seventh round. So, with this... There isn't necessarily a pile. Obviously, there's a good amount in the first round, which is kind of cool. But you kind of look at it and say there's there's always going to be four or five just sitting there. Another thing that I, I want to kind of bring up that maybe is something that's been on my mind and I'm not a billion percent sure, but I, I kind of think it's real, so I'm going to just say it. The way that these tiers tend to work, and, and let me just give an example. You know, a lot of these guys that are trying to decide if they're coming out of college – they're given a grade, right? They're, they're like, okay, well, based on your talent, you are a fourth-round guy. So a lot of these college kids are like, oh, dude, that's that's cool. Like, if I get picked in the fourth, you know, I'm not going to be making a bajillion dollars right out of college. But, I mean, that's that's a pretty good thing. I can start my life, you know, it's a, it's a decent this, that, or the other. The problem is there could be, like, 60 guys given fourth-round grades. Well, if there's only, you know, I don't know, with an additional four compensatory picks, let's just say, then we're talking about 36 guys. That means there's double the amount of guys with fourth-round grades, and there are fourth-round picks, meaning there's a lot of these guys that are going to go in the fifth and the sixth and possibly seventh round. The only reason I bring that up is because with the tiers, I think they start to stack up in the middle and in the late rounds, meaning there's only one Nick Bosa, right? And maybe we can disagree on that as far as tier. Maybe you put Quinn in, maybe you put Ed Oliver, but they're – in that very tippy top tier usually in every draft there's one or two then as you go through these tiers you start to they start to balloon out and the the reason that I find that interesting is because what essentially that would mean if I'm correct in that is that in the first round we've got maybe one or two guys in this tier we have to have by the time we get to the fourth or fifth round yeah we've got these guys graded and yes we have you know our our top guy, our second guy, our third guy, and maybe there's some ties as far as grades. But if we draft based on a tier, and I've got literally 20 guys in this tier, that means I get to pick need, essentially. So you start to need pick a little more toward the middle round, not because you're d- departing from your strategy of best player available, but because they're, it, these are all the best players, right? <laughs> the, the best guys are all in this tier, but there's a huge pile of them. We can pick the one that's best, so we can start looking at your personality, right? Are you a good fit for this team? And then throw the guys that aren't out, you know, and then, you know, while we need a wide receiver, we need an edge rusher, so we don't need these positions, we'll throw it out, and you start to narrow it down a little bit, and then there's three or four guys left, and it's like, all right, well, let's let's go with this guy. The other interesting thing is, some of these guys might actually be there on your next pick, because again, it's just a pile of guys that are all similarly talented. So anyways, I thought I'd bring that up because, you know, again, as you get, to, there, there isn't like this necessarily a, a panic where, you know, we, we've got two guys sitting at the top that we have to pick from in the fourth round, and we better just take this guy now because who knows if we're going to get him late. It's, no, man, I, I mean, maybe it's possible that you're, you've only got like one or two guys left in a tier, and then you've got an easy decision. You take the best player available. But I, I think in a lot of situations, you can you can be content that you're going to be able to satisfy need later in the in the draft. So again, when you look at wide receiver and you got four or five in just about every single round, you're probably going to have a wide receiver or two sitting there if you want to get them in the middle rounds. You'll, you'll be able to get one. So let's start looking at our, our roster here because I mentioned wide receiver and I do think that's something we have to address. I think with this situation and probably with corner as well, because we have a lot of bodies right technically we still have trevor davis and geronimo allison no decision has been made whether we're going to keep them or not my preference would be no not so much maybe trevor davis just because well for the same reason we've always kept him but i you know i don't know maybe geronimo just because he's reliable whatever point is though we there's that potential for development with jamon moore marquez valdez scantling and equanimity st brown so getting a first round wide receiver although I, I don't think it's the worst idea in the world. The first round is a good opportunity to satisfy some other needs that you absolutely have to fix, no questions asked. There is no chance of development. There, There's nobody else. And, you know, ideally you go free agency, but, you know, edge rushers? No, man, I don't think there's going to be a lot left. You know, Jadavian Clowney, I think the Texans are going to do everything they can to retain him. All, all these guys, and then even if there's a few that get out, every single team in the NFL, I don't care who's on your team, you want these guys. I mean, if, if there is a double-digit sack guy that somehow fell through the cracks and is available, which basically never happens, the team just let him go, they can't afford him. they, you know, maybe there was a, a, a spat, you know, you get an Antonio Brown situation, whatever, the competition is going to be so furious. You, you, you can't rely on that. Well, I I'm thinking backwards again. I guess you can and then in the draft you'll figure it out. But thinking backwards from where I'm at, I I can't rely on that. I'm not expecting that we're going to satisfy this in free agency. So I don't I don't want to necessarily rely on that. I'd rather take those needs early because we got to hit on them. Right? If if we don't hit on a wide receiver in the 4th round if he's not quite ready or 5th round or 6th round or whatever, we really just have to stress, okay, we got to get one of these guys. Equanimius Marquez you know, Geronimo, Jamon, somebody, Kumaro, one of these guys has got to become a number two, a reliable number two. We have to get just one. And there's a reasonable expectation we can get that from somebody. So the question then is, what kind of a wide receiver are we looking for? Really, it, it doesn't matter because our, the one guy that we have is a boundary receiver. So whether it's a slot guy or a boundary guy, it, it doesn't really matter to me. I know a lot of people are looking at Hollywood Brown. I think the one problem I have, although he's a versatile piece, you you know, you want to talk about crazy wild offenses with guys in motion and jet sweeps and stuff, maybe that could be interesting. The biggest problem I have, though, is that you look at a guy like that and the the comparison tends to be Deshaun Jackson. The problem I have is if any of these guys that we have develop, that's what we have, the fast burner on the outside. That's that's Marquez Valdez-Scantling. So I, I tend to look at it and say a, a slot receiver would be really nice. You know, if, if we can get a solid slot receiver, then you have a situation similar to the Minnesota Vikings, not to that degree. I'm not talking about this guy's going to be Adam Thielen, but you got a really good boundary guy, a really good slot guy, and then, you know, a, a number three on the outside, Marquez, whatever. But then you also have the three different types of wide receivers. You got Devontae, who's the possession guy, great route runner. You got your slot receiver, and then you've got your... You're really fast, really dangerous, deep threat on the outside. And one thing I would maybe encourage you to do as we go along, and this is something that I i have the audio done for my mock draft. I'm actually making progress. I just have to make the, the video. Um, but one of the things that I say that maybe would be kind of cool is pull up NFL Big Board, and then as I give you these names, just click highlights. Just search their name, check out their highlights as I talk about them, just to give you an idea of what these guys can and should do or what just it adds a cool little dynamic to what we're doing here give you the little visual presentation so one guy for example at wide receiver that makes sense currently and i who knows where these guys are end up he could be a second round pick by the time the draft comes around but currently uh on nfl big board what he is is a fifth round pick makes a ton of sense for something that we'd be looking for as a guy out of clemson hunter renfro speaking to adam thielen smaller late round white dude in the slot Boom. But he's got fantastic hands. Um, he, you know, works really well with the whole run-pass option kind of thing. You go watch the guy and go check out some of his highlights. I think he could be... And, and again, that's sort of my general strategy is fill a need, but primarily we're, we're relying on the Jamons and the Equinemiuses and the, the MVSs. But if we can hit on somebody else, especially a slot guy, because we really don't have... And I've mentioned I, I like EQ out of the slot. Obviously Devonte is good, but he's good everywhere, and we want him outside. Marquez could do some stuff in the slot, whatever. But uh, Hunter Renfro has the opportunity to come in and be our slot receiver, work in a system that he's similar, similar, nope, familiar with, out of Clemson, and just be a very reliable target. Um, you know, watching him play just reminds me a lot of Geronimo, and I I know I'm not super high on Geronimo, but the biggest thing for him is. Throw a ball somewhere where only he can get it, and he's going to grab it. Just incredible hands. So something to that degree, where again my general strategy is, and I'm not to say we can't do free agency. If if something's available for the right price, and yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, I, I get it. We're not getting Antonio Brown. The guy's just seems like a massive headache now he's going after coaches and players and stuff. Everybody that says anything bad about him. Bruce Arians made a small comment, and he also said, I really like him, and he's a good guy, and he's a hard worker. And then he just goes and blasts him and says he wears dumb hats and everything. It's like, man, you can't bring somebody on your team that's going to trash your coaches. That's just, that's over the line. That's called insubordination. You cannot have that. If there's a disagreement, he's going to go blast your coach on Twitter and all the other players? Nah that's not going to happen. It's not going to happen in Green Bay. They're not going to allow that. There's just no way. I don't want that. That is that is incredibly toxic. you got to have guys that are under control. But if something comes up, you know, Golden Tate, maybe, I don't know. Not that he's much better than what we have with Randall Cobb, but you saw how, how he could be a valuable asset with what he did with the Eagles. But I think as far as the draft, that's sort of my general strategy. Now, we'll see. We'll see what the, the Packers do. Again, it's one of those situations where if we do take a first-round pick or a second-round pick, you got to kind of wonder, you know, maybe this is a massive need that Gutekunst doesn't feel will get satisfied um, by the guys that we have currently. All right, The guys that we have are currently, like, number threes, number fours, backup guys, which is not great. Looking at running back, it's strictly a depth thing. Um, just the biggest issue is there's just no running backs, man. I mean, there's, there's a bunch of them but most of these guys are undrafted free agents, and maybe that's the play. To be completely honest, as I'm looking at this, so let me just give you the breakdown. Round one, zero. Round two, there's two running backs. Round three, there's seven. Now, that's a big pile in the third round, but I don't know if I want a third-round running back. I, that's just that's too early. Fourth round, three. Fifth round, three. Sixth round, one. Seventh round, there's two. And then, again, I've got She's 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13 guys that are beyond that. You know, the Packers used to do that quite a bit. They used to go out and get those undrafted free agent running backs like every single year. And considering some of the talent that you can find, and, and we're just looking for a role player, we're just looking for a body to fill to be the number three or the number four if we keep Capri Bibbs or whatever, I don't mind that. That might actually be the best solution is to you know and we'll see what happens if there's somebody that's available in the sixth or seventh round it's a good value fine but um i actually think undrafted free agent for running back kind of just makes sense because we're we're pretty much set it's just a matter of what happens if there's an injury and i mean the one real danger i suppose is if the running game is super important and aaron jones does have a bit of an injury history so he doesn't play a full season and if something happens to jamal which seems I mean, it's not unreasonable. It happened like every year, basically, that they've been on the team. There's injuries, especially to our running backs. Then you you're, you have a run game that is critical, and we're relying on an undrafted free agent. But still, again, there's only so many picks that we get. I don't want a third-round running back. I think that's a little bit too early. Undrafted free agent makes sense for what we need. And I think what I'll do is I'll, I'll finish off this sheet um, of how many players in each position are in each round, and I'll also add undrafted free agent. And I think that'll be the first thing. I'm going to put that on Patreon. So um, hopefully I'll have that done today. I also want to get the the overall big board put on there. I'm going to remove the names of the sites, but just give you an idea of how many big boards so that you can look at a specific player. You, know, you want to see why is so-and-so ranked where they are. Well, you can see who, well, not necessarily who, but you can see the different disparities. And that's good, too, because... You know, sometimes you 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 want to do a mock draft or whatever, and you look at it and you say, well, the reason they're so high is because there's like two sites that really really like this guy, and then you've got like 19 that are not nearly as high. They all got them like third round or whatever. So, anyways, uh, I'm gonna be adding that. So, tight end is a really really big need. Definitely something I would consider um, in the draft. We definitely need youth. That's one of the big things for the team, which is why, you know, I'm I, free agency. We should just not even consider. We have three free agents, veteran free agents on this team right now. I, I think enough is enough. So with tight end, uh, it's also a very thin class. Um, in the first round, just one. I've just got Noah Fand. Second round, we've got three, which is, is kind of a big pool. I don't mind the thought of a second round tight end. Now, there's a lot of other needs. So anytime you look at this, um, y- every time you take a pick, you're not satisfying every other thing. So it's always going to be that negative thing. But you got to take somebody... And with what we need, we do need a tight end. What kind of a tight end is up for debate, I suppose. You know, what style the Packers need and and whatever. You know, maybe if we keep Mercedes, we're looking for more of a receiving guy, whatever. But we need youth. We do need a tight end, even if if for no other reason, because Mercedes and Kendricks and Graham are not going to be on this team for very much longer, possibly not even this year. And um, because I don't want another 31-year-old injury prone over the hill tight end not saying the guys we have are injury prone but I just thought of a pile that are very injury prone is the only reason they're going to be free agents I don't mind that and by the way I I forgot to I well I didn't mention because I'm not going to bother mentioning undrafted free agent running backs because who cares. but the current second round pick and and by the way the Noah Fant in the first round I've seen a lot of people have him at pick 30 or uh, 32 for the Packers I have not, and everybody hates when I do a mock draft, because I have the Packers or somebody taking them mid-first, and it's like, he's not that good. Well, he's been consistently middle-first all year. He has not moved an inch. He's currently sitting at pick 15. I mean, he's just, he's basically a wide receiver, but is really, really big. I mean, the the speed that this guy has, I mean, athletically, Noah Fant is just an absolute freak. Do I necessarily want to take him? I mean, I'm not going to be upset about it, but, you know... I don't know. If he falls to 32, fine, but I don't know. But uh, also in Iowa, so the top two tight ends are both out of Iowa, which is interesting. Uh, TJ Hawkinson is the next one, then Irv Smith out of Alabama, and Caden Smith, Stanford. It's, uh, It's not a bad play, and it's one of those situations where if you have one of these guys available to you with our pick... It's hard not to take him because, again, third round, there's only two. Fourth round, there's only two. Fifth round, there's only two. Sixth round, there's only four. Seventh round, there's only two. And then you got seven undrafted free agents. And it kind of makes you nervous because if you go through free agency and you don't get one and you're looking at your team now and it's like, well, we're, you know, let's just pretend we plan on getting rid of Graham. We're not paying him. We're going to get rid of him. We're going to free up some extra cap space. Maybe he's already gone because we wanted to use that money in free agency, whatever. And we're going to retain Mercedes because we feel like he can be useful with uh, the, the current staff that we have, especially our offensive coordinator who's worked with him. But we're also going to get rid of Kendricks. Well, now we've only got two guys. We've got one guy that I don't know if he has any talent left, the veteran Mercedes Lewis. And then we've also got our young guy, Mr. Robert Tanyan, who shows a lot of promise. But that, I mean, that's, that's a scary, scary, thin situation. So it's one of those things in the second round, if, if, if it's a good value if if TJ Hawkinson falls to you in the second round you, you kind of feel the pressure to pull the trigger it's a need it's it's a want <laughs> and the the scarcity just just drives up the value so i i wouldn't be super shocked again if they're available if the packers for once went out and and decided to invest in that but but we'll see again i don't, i don't know how super important it is but you know look at, look at a lot of the successful teams a lot of these guys have pretty good tight ends now, granted, a lot of these guys know how to use tight ends. And like I talked about with the Rams, you've got some sort of mid-round, mid-talent type guys that really shine because they're in a system that can highlight them. So maybe, again, you know, we talk about talent from within. If Mercedes Lewis can get back to what he was in Jacksonville and if, if Robert Tanyan can really take a big step because of the LeFleur, uh system, that would be kind of cool. But I mean, you get a second round guy like Hawkinson Smith or Smith. And it kind of takes it to a new level. But, you know, obviously, again, you got Gronk in New England. You've got uh, Travis Kelsey in Kansas City. I mean, even the Eagles, right? They already have a really, really, really good tight end. And they went and drafted another one last year. Now they've got this dueling tight end. So teams like that, you know the Doug Peterson who comes from the Andy Reed tree. They realize the importance of it and are not afraid to even get a second talented receiving tight end because of how impossible it is to match up. If it's impossible to match up with one, imagine trying to figure out how to stop two. We're still trying to get our first, so we need to we need to find one, please and thank you very much. Um, it's, I'm not really going to look at center. Uh, obviously, we could maybe look at some kind of depth, but I, I think the better play would be to maybe get a guard who can also play center. I don't know, but I'm, I'm not really going to look at that. But let's take a look at guard because that is a really, really big need of ours. And again, you know, again, maybe not a super big need because you know, look at some other teams. They've got some terrible offensive lines, and comparatively, Justin McCray and Lane Taylor, as much as I don't like them, and they absolutely have to be upgraded. We're talking about mid mid grade guys. I actually think they started to improve toward the end of the year because if I, as I look at their grade, it's like, dude, that's not that's not bad. Maybe they're starting to turn a corner. I don't know. Justin McCray actually graded out higher than Lane Taylor. I mean, they have almost the exact same grade, but I'm talking like fractionally higher, 64.3, 64.6. But still very impressive. Either way, I, I definitely need and want to look at this. If for no other reason, let's at least get depth. I don't know. And and hey, if Justin McCray is this good and can be a backup, perfect. That That's something that I can rely on. If the rookie or if Lane Taylor goes down, hey, we got Justin McCray. I know I, I trash a lot of these guys, but believe me, I want to like them. I want to like and love every single guy that wears the green and gold. Sometimes they just make it hard. That's all I'm saying. So this is another relatively thin situation. So round one, I don't have any guards currently that are in the first round. Um, second round, however, it's pretty similar to tight end. It's pretty thin throughout, but second round, there's three of them. Cody Ford out of Oklahoma, Chris Lindstrom out of Boston College, and Michael Dieter out of Wisconsin. After that, in the third round, I just have one, Ross Pierschbacher out of Alabama. Round four, I've got two. Round five, I have three. Six, I have three. Seven, I have three. So in this situation, considering you know, guard is one of those things that you can find and develop in later rounds, as much as it's kind of a risk because we've already got late-round guys that don't really pan out, but, um, you know, you start looking at fourth, fifth round, I know there's not very many. You know, between the third and the fourth round, there's only three I have listed. But, you know, that that's kind of when I'm starting to look at maybe looking at guard. I don't know that I, w- I, I would rather take a tight end than a guard, even though I think guard is a bigger need, just because, again, you know, it's it's one of those things. First of all, early round guards have not been panning out. I mean, if you look at the the discrepancy, it's similar to running back between the talent in the first round compared to the talent in the fourth round, I would be willing to bet, even though obviously first and second round guys are going to pan out to a higher degree, I'd be willing to bet it's a lot closer. It's not like quarterback, where if you compare first round quarterbacks compared to you know fourth round quarterbacks, obviously there's going to be a massive discrepancy as far as success. But I think I'm going to hold off, um, start looking in the later rounds. Fifth is a little bit late later than I'd like but you know whatever that's probably going to be where I start to look at it so my fifth round guys right now Michael Jordan out of Ohio State obviously a name that I like and then Ben Powers out of Oklahoma and Garrett Brumfeld LSU from Field the one kind of negative for this is there's not a lot of film um, almost no highlight Ben Powers does have a highlight real though which is hilarious because you got he's <laughs> you don't cody my second round guys don't have any highlights but somebody went out of their way to make a ben powers highlight uh video but anyways um you know after that drew samia nate herbig and uh hichelt fraholt arkansas i mean i'm not against getting a viking on this team why not but that's sort of my range those six guys right there maybe looking at grabbing one of those guys um That's just, again, this is sort of my general strategy, and this is an area where I'm absolutely not afraid to look into free agency. Guards are not the most expensive comparatively, right? Like highest paid guards, what are we talking? Like 10 million bucks? Not highest paid, because the highest paid aren't going anywhere, but like the highest paid free agent guy, 8, 9, 10 million? I mean, it's nothing really to scoff at, but it would be a massive upgrade for, call it 8 million bucks. So free agency, looking at guard, I'm, I'm definitely not opposed to that, depending who's there, how much, all that kind of stuff. Tackle is incredibly difficult to figure out because we need somebody or I would like to get somebody. The problem is I don't trust late-round tackles very much. I mean, I, I know Bakhtiari is a fourth-round guy. That was an absolute flukish, freakish situation. Maybe Lightning can strike twice there or, you know, technically three times, I guess, because we did the exact same thing with uh, – with Josh Sitton, but that's tough, man. That might be something you look at in free agency. Not not a super high-priced person, but just just somebody that you can trust that's going to keep Aaron Rodgers upright. Jason Spriggs, as I've said, does seem to be getting better, which is awesome. But still, I mean, we need at least another body. And um, you know, I I, I just don't, I I don't like I don't want to go early round on a tackle, but I don't want to go late round on a tackle. But I do want to get a tackle, so <laughs> I'm kind of stuck here. With that said, however, don't be super surprised if the Packers do take a tackle on the first two rounds just because this is an issue. We do need a tackle. You kind of need him to be an early-round guy, and especially with Balaga gone, or soon to be gone, you're looking for a long-term solution, not just a one-year patch. So if a tackle falls to you with maybe the second first-round pick... Possibly even the first first round pick, as much as nobody's going to like that. I wouldn't be super shocked. So, in the first round, I actually have three guys that are uh, first round tackles: Jonah Williams, who there's actually a lot of speculation about him. There's a lot of news coming out about. And this this is always every single tackle. I mean, literally sixty percent of all tackles you're going to be hearing the rumors. Well, they they should be guards. They're not good enough to be tackles. That's just every year same old nonsense. However. Um, Tony Pauline was talking about it. He's basically looking at going, I just don't get it. I don't see it. He polled, you know, a half a dozen or a dozen guys. I think it was like 12 to 15 guys and asked him, right? Because, you know, he kind of understands, right? I'm, I'm not really, this is what I do professionally, but I'm just curious. Like the guys that are in the know, actual scouts for actual teams. And he reached out to about 12 to 15. He's like, am I missing something or is he not super great? And pretty much every single one of them said, no, he's a second round guy. Right now I have him ranked fourth. So something's got to give at some point. But Jonah Williams, Greg Little, and Dalton Risner are my first-round guys. In the second round, there's also three. So, you know, I don't mind second round either, but we are looking at first to second round. There's six offensive tackles. Again, there's only so many picks that we have only got one in the second round unless we trade back somewhere and acquire another second somewhere. But, um, you know, between the first and the second round, if we don't do anything in free agency, maybe we just completely wing it and say we're good this year, and then next year we got to go all in on a tackle. But that's a really risky play. Otherwise, we're, we're really looking at a situation, possibly even this year if is hurt, we're looking at a situation where Jason Spriggs is our guy. And then if something happens to, to Bakhtiari, which I maybe shouldn't even utter those words, literally what are we going to do? Jason Spriggs at left tackle and, and Gearhard Beer at right tackle, what, what, what are we going to do? Justin McRae, are we going to put him back at tackle? I just I, I don't like this situation. I don't like what we've done at, at offensive line. We've neglected it. We've allowed guys to walk. We've thinned it out. We we got to rebuild it. We have to start rebuilding it. We've taken nothing but late round swings on guys. Guys that are, aren't even on the team anymore. I mean, Cole Madison probably isn't going to play. There's just so many like 5th and 6th round guys, you know, tackles. It's like these, these guys aren't going to work out and you know it. Why even bother? Why seriously, why bother doing that? He's they're not going to play. When you get to the 5th round, stop it with the tackles. You have to satisfy that 1st through 4th, in my opinion. The success rate of a 5th, 6th, and 7th round tackle is basically zero. And there are other positions. Running backs. Try a running back. right? Specialists. Punter, kicker, long snapper. Those guys are awesome. You can get guard. You can maybe find a tight end. Wide receiver. You know, you could get lucky at some of these positions. You're not getting lucky at tackle in the sixth round. Stop it. You just don't get it. So anyways, with that said, I'm just going to look at the first four rounds. So round one, three. Round two, three. Round three, two. Round four, three. That I don't know why that felt weird to say. But in the first four rounds, three, three, two, three. So 11 guys. And again, something's got to give here. We can't just keep neglecting offensive line. We've got to start building this thing up, especially with the offense that we have now and with Lafleur, I'm sure he's going to be stressing that to the GM as they communicate, like, look, the way we play, we need to be able to run the ball. We need guys that can do this, that, or the other, right? We need the you know, athletic guards that can really you know, run laterally and run our, our, our outside zone scheme, whatever. We, we've got to do better. So guards and tackles and whatnot, it's going to be kind of important. So finally switching over to defense now. Again, similar situation to wide receiver. Jair, pretty solid. Hopefully he continues to improve. He ends up becoming, my hope, top 20, top 15 corner by next year. That's, it's a, that's a pretty tall order because there's a lot of good corners, but top 20 would be kind of nice. Um, and then from there, we need at least a second guy, whether that's Josh Jackson, Kevin King, Bashaud Breeland, Tony Brown. I don't care who. Somebody's got to step up and be a solid number two because we just really don't have that right now. Primarily, I have my eye on Josh Jackson because I really like him. But Kevin King has a ton of tools as well. But we need somebody that we can count on. With that said, however, I don't mind taking a swing at corner. I just, again, don't know if I want to do that in the first round. So let's just take a look at kind of what our options are. So this I actually like. There's, there's actually quite a few corners. Um, there are some early rounds. You know, four in the first round is pretty awesome. That that kind of leaves that option open. Three in the second round, three in the third round. Then you look at the fourth round, I have six That's kind of my money spot right there. After that fifth round, four, sixth round, four, seventh round, four. So we've got 10 in the fourth and fifth round. Then we've got 12 undrafted free agents. So if we want to maybe take a flyer in the fourth round on one of these six guys and then maybe get an undrafted free agent or two and just see if we can develop them, I feel like that would be a pretty solid strategy. On top of developing the guys we have you know, maybe we get lucky with either one of the undrafted free agents or the fourth-round guy to be our number three if you know Kevin King doesn't work out or whatever. We're, we're, we're just taking a flyer on one of these guys really being able to step up and perform. So again, my money round, the fourth round, I've got uh, Kendall Sheffield, cornerback out of Ohio State, Rocky Sin, cornerback out of Temple, Miles Bryant, cornerback out of Washington, obviously Washington, well-known uh, football school or a cornerback school. Mark Gilbert, cornerback out of Duke, Levante Taylor, cornerback out of Florida State, and uh, Derek Beatty, cornerback out of Kentucky. So one of those guys in that round, and then you, you got another four after that, Justin Lane, Michigan State, Juwan Williams, Vanderbilt, Shaheem Carter, Alabama, and David Long, Michigan. So there's, again, 10 guys in that stretch. I'm looking at corner kind of in that fourth to fifth round. I think that kind of makes a lot of sense for what I would like to do. Do I want a free agent? No, because I, I don't want to invest a lot of money. One of the benefits is we have a lot of young talent that we don't have to pay. Why put money into this? A late uh, round cornerback in the draft? Sure. But I, I don't want to pump money into corner. We've, we've already invested draft capital. I don't want to invest um, salary cap into it as well. That's We're just putting too much into that position. Uh, looking at safety, very, very important position. Um, we absolutely have to get this. And Again, I don't see anybody that I really, really like. I have this split up into free safety and strong safety, so I'm going to do these two separately. And I have to do it quickly because I'm running out of time. But you'll see in a minute why I stress free agency with safeties because it's a very, very thin group. So free safety, you ready for this? One in the first round, one in the second round, two in the third round, two in the fourth round, one in the fifth, one in the sixth, one in the seventh. I have nine total free agents or, excuse me, free safeties through seven rounds. Nine in seven rounds. There's seven running backs just in the third round. Five wide receivers in the first round. So, you know, if if we're looking at safety, and this is a situation where, and you know, Deontay Thompson in the first round likely is going back to Alabama. I haven't heard anything official on that yet. But if he does come out and does fall to the Packers in the first round, it's kind of one of those dire situations. Now, again, free agency first, and that's kind of where I'd rather go. I really want to get a free agent. Um, free, yeah, a free agent, free safety. I think the the value is low. They're relatively cheap based on the talent. Get somebody that's even, okay, fine. You don't want to get the top guy. You don't want to get Earl Thomas. Fine. Injury history, whatever. Don't want to pay him. We just need starters we need quality starters get me two of them you know instead of earl thomas just get me two really good starting safeties and we'll call it good and i you know again we'll, we'll look at i think tomorrow we'll look at the free safety situation with the knowledge that we have from today right we, we're, we're good here we're good here we got everything fixed but we got some serious issues here let's look at some free agent options that'll be tamara but i think that's a really big need that that we can't count on in the draft so as I'm going through free agency, I'm looking at it going, we're probably not getting one in the draft, at least not an early. You know, we can grab one, and we can we can maybe reach on somebody in the fourth round or something, which is fine. There's there's quality talent in the fourth round. I mean, I think, uh, I think Jackson for the Bears was a fourth round pick. There's 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 some solid third and fourth round safeties in the NFL. I actually think two of the top rookie safeties who were very very good are both like third and fourth round guys. I don't know, whatever. Point is though, when I'm in free agency, I'm looking at the draft, going, eh, I don't, I don't like it, so we kind of need to, to find something. So, anyways, strong safety, which I do think is still a need. I know we've got one, but he's not great, and we also could use some depth. Believe it or not, it's actually worse. We have zero in the first round, two in the second, two in the third, zero in the fourth, zero in the fifth, three in the sixth, five in the seventh. So sixth and seventh, there's plenty. There's eight in those two rounds. In the first 5 rounds, I have 4. 4. That's ridiculous. So again, if we're looking at the strong safety spot or whatever, you really got to start to and it's, it's it's another reason I don't really understand why the Packers especially and you know I mentioned maybe the reason the the value of safeties has gone down so much is because everybody seems to have them when I went through all the teams it's like the really good teams have safeties the really bad teams have safeties that was the one common thing I said all year long like every team we went up against oh they got a really good safety oh they got a really good everybody has a really good safety but the Packers don't why aren't we going out like you guys nobody wants no no, no we already got safeties man he's all yours pay him whatever you want I don't care why aren't we just like yeah, come here, man. I'll give you money and I'll give you, heck, let's, here, the four of you. Can I get like a package deal? Just come play. Just come on. We'll we'll find a way for you. You can play corner. We don't have really good corners. You can play corner. We'll, we'll mix you guys in. We'll play seven DBs. You'll all get playing time. It'll be great. Can we do like six million a piece? How about five and a half? You good with that? Come on, package deal, package deal. Come, give me a deal here. We've got to do something. Packers are acting like we got a bunch of great safeties. We don't. But anyways, uh, moving on to linebacker, I'm kind of comfortable with it because I like Blake Martinez, I like Jake Ryan, neither of these guys are, you know, top tier, but they're serviceable, and considering the lack of value of the linebacker spot to begin with, having two guys that can play at a relatively high level, all right? think they, they can play against the run, Blake Martinez again, phenomenal in coverage this year. I'm fine with it. and We can continue to develop Oren Burke. So, okay, let's let's look at it. And by the way, there are like infinite linebackers in this group. It's just ridiculous. So, here's the breakdown. We have two in the first round, two in the second, or excuse me, zero in the second round. So, not very top-heavy, but check this out. Six in the third round, four in the fourth round, seven in the fifth round, four in the f- in the sixth round. Five in the seventh round, and I have 13 graded as undrafted free agents. Lots to pick from, but what's kind of standing out to me here: seven in the fifth round, we've got 11 between the fifth and sixth round, and then also again 13 undrafted free agents. That's a big pile. So I don't mind fifth round, sixth round, maybe even seventh and undrafted. Again, I'm, I'm not. We, we've we've got enough now. If we don't keep Jake Ryan, we've got a little bit of a void because there's such a massive talent drop off. The difference between Jake Ryan and Oren Burks, depending on what happens with Oren Burks, is pretty massive, which is why I kind of like that pile of seven in the fifth round. Fifth round isn't undrafted where you just have zero expectations, but it's also not super early where it's like, why, why are we putting so much emphasis on linebacker? Who cares? It's also another position that could be decent in free agency because, again, it's very cheap. You can get somebody that can just play a role, similar to Morrison, but hopefully somebody a little better than Morrison. But I I think this is a position that will sort of take care of itself. Whether or not we even address it, I don't know. But if if we want to upgrade a little bit or or provide some depth on our team, that should not be a problem uh, for the Packers to be able to do. Interior defensive line. um, As far as depth, I don't know that there's a deeper team than the Packers. Again, as far as, as players that are at least good, Kenny Clark, Tyler Lancaster, Dean Lowry, Mike Daniels, Muhammad Wilkerson. Maybe we don't keep Muhammad Wilkerson fine, but then you got Montrevius Adams and James Looney, who were both very close to being good. James Looney above average. Montrevius, I can just go ahead and call him good. And when you consider the fact that he was horrible in the, in the first half of the year, that means in the second half of the year he was actually quite good, which to me denotes development. And considering how good our defensive line coach is at developing talent, there's reason to believe Montrevius Adams is turning a corner and could be a really solid contributor. So if we're going to add to our defensive tackle class the question is, what are we going to do? Now, you could say, well, maybe we'll just take a swing on a late-round guy. Yes. Here's my only issue with that. We don't need more depth. If we're going to do anything with defensive tackle, I feel like it should be try to really upgrade. I don't want another mediocre player. We're, we're overbooked. You know, we, We've already got James Looney, we've got Montravius, we've got Dean Lowry, we've got Tyler Lancaster. All of these guys are decent. So, again, Maybe we look at a guy like Muhammad Wilkerson and, and give him another contract. You, you look at early-round guys in the draft. You look at high-ranking free agents. Uh, the draft also is appealing. First of all, massive amount of defensive tackles, especially early in the draft. But So, so that's sort of my—it's kind of a counterintuitive thing. It's a strength, but why would we do it? Because if we're going to even touch defensive tackle, I want another Kenny Clark. I want another dominant interior guy. Especially if he's somewhat of a pass rusher, so let's let's break down the position and see what we've got so the interesting thing here is defensive tackle is very top heavy and also very strong at the end of the draft. in the middle, it's very hollowed out. so in the first round, there are eight defensive tackles. I'm not talking defensive line, I'm not adding edge rushers. I'm just talking defensive tackle one quarter of every first-round guy is a defensive tackle. Do you understand what I'm getting at now? <laughs> are you getting how ridiculously deep and why there's going to be a massive backlog? But I think that's to our benefit. Because, again, if we're going to do it, let's do it early. And let's get a guy that's going to fit that's just going to be absolutely dominant, if we do it at all. So who are the guys in the first round? Well, obviously, there's Ed Oliver and Quinn and Williams. Those are the top two guys. I don't think we're going to get either, especially not Quinn. Ed Oliver seems to be... Not necessarily on my board, but the general consensus is there's some concerns. They're worried about his size, the production. I mean, he's basically a five-sack guy in college, and he plays for Houston. It's not like he's Alabama. So there's there's question marks. Uh, beyond that, Jeffrey Simmons. Absolutely love Jeffrey Simmons. If we got him with our first pick, I wouldn't even be upset about it. Big, long, strong, very scary, disruptive behind the line. Uh, Rashawn Gary I don't think is a very good fit for what we do. Christian Wilkins, a very talented guy out of Clemson. Not my favorite, but he's, you know, very, very talented. Jerry Tillery is a guy I like a lot. Dexter Lawrence, another Clemson guy. And then Draymond Jones out of Ohio State is another uh, pass rusher type defensive tackle. So those are the guys. And I think once we get past that again, it really, really thins out. The talent completely, you know, just dissipates. And it doesn't pick up again until, let's see, what was it? When does it start to? So we have nine in the sixth round. So I don't know if I went through it. 8, 2, 1, 4, 2, and then 9 in the 6th, 4 in the 7th, and 11 undrafted free agents. So 8 in the 1st, 9 in the next 4 rounds combined. And then 9 in the 6th round, 4 in the 7th, and 11 in the undrafted free agents. So that's sort of my thought process. If we don't touch it, fine. But if we get somebody, let's just make it a dominant player. Otherwise, I mean, what are we doing? We, I mean, do we need another James Looney? I, I don't want another James. We have James Looney, and he turned out pretty good. How many James Looney's do we need on this team? Anyways, last but not certainly not least, Edge Rusher, because this is, this is probably one of the big ones. Uh, we assume Clay Matthews is gone. I really hope that if we do keep Nick Perry, that he bounces back. I don't know exactly what went wrong. Something obviously went wrong, and I think with Edge Rusher in particular, that group completely fell off from last year. Again, I don't think it's necessarily um, impossible that um, the one guy that left the Green Bay Packers with Mike McCarthy right out of the gate is the guy that happened to be the guy that taught our edge rushers. Was the edge rusher coach, assistant head coach, et cetera, et cetera. The guy was not great for the team. He seemed to have some kind of a toxic attitude. Obviously, there's doesn't seem to be a whole lot going on. Well, I'll be nice, but it just it was a very weird situation. So anyways, whoever we bring in to coach our outside linebackers, I really hope, is going to be able to bring up the talent level, because Nick Perry still has some talent, man, and if we could just get him back to how he was like a year or two ago, we've got a starter. But anyways, regardless, we have to assume that there's nothing left, and despite Kyler Fackrell getting double-digit sacks, I don't know that that's something that gets replicated, um, you know you look at pro football focus his strength his, his biggest strength was actually coverage terrible against the run not really terrible below average but uh, as a pass rusher he was graded as above average and again how do you get double digit sacks and be above average well because if you look at 11 sacks or whatever it was how many times did he rush the passer what happened on the other 250 times he rushed the passer and didn't get a sack so I think he's flashy he, he's he got certain upside that really can show up at times but I think he disappears. So looking at the breakdown here, we've got seven in the first round. So to recap, we have eight defensive tackles and seven edge rushers in the first round. That's f- almost, that's we're one player away from being 50% of the draft. If, if Gerald Willis out of Miami can slide from 38 up to 32 or inside the first, we literally have 50% of the first round that are defensive tackles or edge rushers. Basically, we're talking defensive front. 50% meaning only half of the first round is made up of what? Centers, guards, tackles, wide receivers, tight ends, quarterbacks, running backs, uh, linebackers, corners, safeties. It's kind of crazy. But uh, anyways, seven in the first round, five in the second round, two in the third, three in the fourth, six in in the fifth, four in the sixth, zero in the seventh, and eight undrafted free agents. So Twelve in the first two rounds is kind of going to be our money round, and I, I kind of feel like with three picks in the first two rounds, possibly more if we end up moving our picks, whatever, I don't think it's impossible we walk away with two in our first three picks. Based on what we've talked about before, maybe two edge rushers and a tackle, two edge rushers and a tight end, something to that degree kind of helps to satisfy what we're looking at because, again, early round, tight end would be nice, tackle would be nice. Uh, some of the others, you know, maybe if we go defensive tackle, then we're going to have to go two edge. Maybe we'll just end up with one edge rusher. I don't know, but I'm just saying it's not impossible that we end up getting two in the first two rounds. Just because it's, you know, it, it's similar to tackle and quarterback. It's a position that if you're talented at edge rusher, if you have proven that you can play the position and get quarterbacks, we're not, nobody's going to let you slide into the fourth round. So finding mid to late round talent at edge rusher, especially you know year one. It's just, it's very, very rare. So if we need starters, like we need two of them right out of the gate, it's it's going to be tough to not try to satisfy that in the first round. Possibly even taking our, using our second round pick to get one of these guys. Anyways, very quickly, we'll go through the list and then we'll be done here. Obviously, Nick Bosa is the top guy. We're not going to get him. Cleland Furl. I currently have at six, meaning he's somewhat out of reach, but I definitely could see him being our first pick. Josh Allen is a guy everybody loves. He's absolutely just flying up the draft board, meaning he's, he's, there's a good chance he will not be available. Um, Ja'Kai Polite, suddenly, is there's a massive amount of love. It's one of those you know, Twitter snowballs. Somebody puts out film on Ja'Kai Polite, you get to see. I mean, literally, here's the problem, though, man. Click any one of these guys. Jalen Ferguson, LA Tech, go watch his highlights. You're going to love him because it's highlights. If somebody goes on Twitter and shows a GIF or a, a, a short video of a guy getting two sacks, it's like, oh, look how good he is. Dude, everybody can... I don't know. I'm sorry. I like Ja'Kai. I've, I've liked him for a while, but... Relax. Go watch Brian Burns' highlights. He's, his highlights are better than Ja'Kai. Pol- I'm not saying he's a better player. I'm just saying he's got better highlights. The guy... his hi- he's He's got some sweet highlights, man. Some people, there's a discrepancy between highlights and and film. The highlights... You know, that's what we're talking about with... Uh, with Kyler Fackrell. I bet he's got some awesome highlights. That doesn't mean he's a great player. Whatever. Just saying. Ja'Kai Polite out of Florida. Brian Burns, very undersized, but just a quarterback hunter. Montez Sweat, I mentioned yesterday. I'm starting to turn a corner. I've, I've really disliked him for a while, um, but I started watching his film, and he, he does seem a little more impressive than what I'd given him pre- credit for. He's not my favorite, but whatever. Zach Allen, sort of a bigger, stockier guy. Uh, those are the first round guys. And then you get into the second round. Chase Winovich, edge rusher out of Michigan. He's got the whole Clay Matthews look, the long flowing hair, blonde nonsense, whatever. Um, O'Shane Jimenez, or Jimenez, I don't remember how you say his name, but out of Old Dominion. Jalen Ferguson, Louisiana Tech. Anthony Nelson out of Iowa. And Anthony Jennings out of Alabama. Those are the top guys. And again, just just go check it out. If you don't have much time, just start going through some of the highlights. You get a sort of general idea of what their top end looks like. Then, when you want to dig a little deeper, just sit down and watch some of their film. Um, just see what you can glean from that. Anyways, that's that's kind of the situation. Just uh, hopefully that'll help. I know as we start to look to the draft, a lot of times we talk about we got to get this, we got to get this, we got to get this. Well, y- you got to understand sort of how the the lay of the land works. And again, that. It's so one of the frustrating things. Don't, don't ever criticize a mock draft until you do a mock draft. That would be my one recommendation. Because you know what's going to happen when you do a mock draft? It's going to stink to high heaven. It's going to be horrible. And you're going to hate it, and I'm going to hate it, and everybody's going to hate it. You know why? Because there's not enough picks to get the guys you want. Now, some people do mock drafts and they look amazing because they're drafting, like, second-round guys in the fifth round. Like, come on, man. They're also just ridiculously reaching all over the place to fill every single need. And we just assume, even though it's seventh round, it's still, I still filled the need, so I still win. Ha ha. If you're going to do one, go to NFLBigBoard.com. Look at where we're picking. Usually what I do is I'll do like a maximum of three picks before and maybe five picks after. So if we have pick 32, I'll look at the three guys before. So Devin Bush at linebacker. No thanks. Um, Omani, our... Amani Aiyawarie, cornerback out of Penn State. Dalton Risner, offensive tackle out of Kansas. Then 32 is, is uh, Hollywood Brown, and then I'll go five after Yadni Kajust or Kajust, I guess, offensive tackle. David Edwards, offensive tackle. Damian Harris, running back. J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, wide receiver. Debo Samuel, wide receiver. That's my group. Y- you understand the problem, right? Like, oh, we gotta get an edge rusher. Sorry, not on the list. What's next? Well, I want an edge rusher anyway. No, man. The next edge rusher, let's see, defensive tackle, cornerback, free safety, running back, quarterback, quarterback, cornerback, quarterback, quarterback, tight end, tight end, wide receiver, offensive guard. There's an edge rusher. Number 50. You going to reach to number 50? Or are you just going to take Zach Allen because even though he would be gone by now, you're just going to pretend he's there? Why don't you just take Josh Allen? I'm just saying. If you're going to do it, do it the right way and understand the actual problems that G... I mean, that's the thing. You know, what does a GM go through? This is 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 this is my group. This is my tier. Who am I taking? Or am I trading out of this spot? So in that spot, we've got three offensive tackles, not the worst option. And again, it's why I said don't be super surprised. Dalton Risner, could Just, David Edward. Anyways, that's just my thoughts on that. If you're going to do a mock draft, that's how I do it. Try it out. It's a fun little exercise. Anyways, you folks have a fantastic day. I will talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye.